and welcome to today's installments of Loose Lips, a good vibes only chat show. We're uh, bringing on our first guest. I'm excited. Are you? Are you excited? You should be. Our first guest is a footballing marvel who's just actually sent me through the request. So let's see how we get on. We're joining up with Clay. How are you? Oh, go on, G. Good, man. Can, can you hear me? me? Yeah, yeah, can you hear me? One second, sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you, man. Yes, perfect, perfect. How you been? Oh, good, man. Oh, good. So surviving. Surviving out here, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. How are you finding it? Obviously, with your world of football, like, how? talk to me through that. You know, all, all of a yeah. sudden been told that you're not playing games and how are you keeping fit through this time it's difficult man it's difficult from going from one extreme to the other obviously training and playing and then suddenly bam everything stops so um just got to try and keep fit as much as possible like i had to buy an exercise bike man to just try and keep my keep my legs ticking over you know just stuff like that i'm going for little runs and walks and stuff as well so it's just anything just to try and keep on top of it man because, like you say, you just never know when all oh, this is going to be over. Then you get you thrown straight back into it. So you just make sure you got you got to make sure you you're prepared, man. That's it. What's it like the talk between the the players? Uh, you know, obviously at your club and then at various clubs as well. Do you have an idea, a sort of time frame, or you just sort of do you never know? Like I say, no one knows. No one's got the answers. <laughs> as famous Kanye Kanye West would has said before, <laughs> no one's got the answers, man. It's like. Even like the government, obviously we got um, being on lockdown. Like it was like three weeks when it the first period was, and then now it's just like, well, just see how it goes, kind of thing. And it's the same thing with football. You just we're just riding it out and just see how it goes. And obviously we just got to follow the guidelines and follow follow the government steps and stuff. Really. And that's all we're doing really. Football's like is waiting behind that really. That's that's all we're doing. We're just like any any other working class people just waiting to, to go back to work and do our normal normal stuff. So it's just a waiting game where we don't know where the end is. That's the difficult part. Yeah, it is. It's the uncertainty. I think yeah. it's the uncertainty that's sort of throwing everybody at the moment. But is there sort of discussions between yourself of, of preferred options? I mean, there's a few ideas that are going about like a festival of football and, <laughs> you know, playing like... 17 games in two hours, it seems. Everyone's wanting you to just run out and finish the season. Like, is there a preferred way or have you heard of ways that you feel might make more sense and be a bit more practical? The only way I've heard is obviously just playing, playing games behind closed doors. You've heard of, like, I think they're all about maybe holding um, t uh, games at certain venues like St George's where they've got, like, the hotel and stuff and players would stay and, and thrash out the games there. And that's been floating about, but I can't see that happening really without obviously the government lifting the isolation and um, all that really to be honest um, just at, at, this, at this point you just hear so much rumours about here and there and what's going to happen what's not going to happen unless and, and, like, we haven't been told anything so I'm just I'm, I only know how, as much as you, you know what you've read in the papers that's the same thing really that must be crazy man it must be crazy are you, are you hearing me alright Clayton I'm just getting a couple of messages in um, group saying that my audio is not I can hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me fine? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Have you... Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you perfectly as well, man. Perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah. 
Also, big up everyone who's coming through in the group. If anyone's got any like comments that they want to lend while we're chatting away, feel free to. There's a lot of love coming through. Look, look who's that? Joshua sixteen, Clayton. I loved you at the blues. So yeah, 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 man. There's a lot of love, a lot of love coming through. Ah, uh, oh, can't they hear me or something? Is that what they're saying? No, they're saying it's me. It's a bit crazy. I tell you what. Let me um. Let me log off and I'll come back on and then add yeah. me again and then we'll pick up again. All right, yeah, yeah. Sorry about this. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. All right, one sec. All right, all right. Easy, everyone. Yeah, it's first time it's happened in the group where people are saying it's a bit uh, bad sound. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to log off. Feel free to come back on. Literally, we'll come back on. We'll pick up the conversation straight away. Hello, hello again. Yeah, sorry about that. A few technical issues with the sound there. Hopefully this one will be a bit, a bit better all the way around. So uh, we'll see where we are. Just waiting for Clayton to come back through and then we'll get back rolling again. Big up everyone who's coming back through again. Thank you for the heads up as well in the comments. We could hear each other fine, but obviously we want you a lot to be able to wear us as well. So perfect. And likewise, any comments, questions that you want to put in the chat, feel free to put them in. And uh, if I can fit them in, I definitely will. Just waiting for him to come through now. Here he is. Let's see how technology goes this time. Hello, Pippa. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, I don't know, a bit of a crazy one, but yeah, I could hear you, you could hear me, but obviously if people can't, I just thought it would be better to maybe um, reboot it again, and people said it's a lot better now, so we'll see. How oh, is it? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So, cool, man. Yes. I, honestly, I've, I've been wanting to do this for ages. I've always got this vision, and I'm still going to hold it in there, right? Like, yeah. one day, <laughs> me and you will be on Soccer AM together. <laughs> hey, that would be amazing, man, from, like, from where we started off to... To end on there, man. That would be amazing. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to go on. I've always wanted to be on this. Okay, I've been approached a few times, but like I say, I'm 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 always playing on the Saturday, so it's always difficult for me to do that. So it was just finding the time when I was able to to go down. So I haven't actually been able to do that just yet. But yeah, it'd be, be funny if me and you was on there, man. That's why that's the universe like <laughs> yeah. making it happen. It's like no, I don't do it yet. Yeah. For the reason, then we'll both rock up. Yeah, yeah, you never know. You never could be, like I say. This is my first, this is actually my first live chat, man. Insta, Insta, Insta live, actually. So, yeah. Breaking you around. First there you on go. Insta, first there you on go. Soccer, it's there you Anytime go. you do a live interview, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in your ear. Do you remember when um, Fabregas was like really young, like 16, 17, and um, he died for a penalty, and Henri was like, don't say anything. Just but the camera picked it up saying, Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd like that in your ear, like, don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic moment, man. Yeah, exactly. When they had the maroon yeah. kit as well. Yeah, 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 kit, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Big kid, you man. know, gunners. So let's, let's take it back to, to early, early, early day, because would you say, there was a, a brilliant crop of players coming up from Bradford at, at the time that we were growing up that didn't end up making it professional because it seemed like there were, you know, from street ballers to ones yeah. who played for Sunday clubs, Saturday clubs, who played yeah. for academies. There was a real 
they were real, we were spoiled for for a lot of quality players at that time, but a lot really didn't make it through. So what do you what taking it back to when you were first coming through, like junior football and young football? When did you feel like you had the ambition to really follow it through to to take it to a professional level? It wasn't too late, you know, late because um, I got put so many times, but. I just wanted to play football in the streets with my friends, man. That's all I wanted to do. And I enjoyed Sunday League football and Sandy Lane and stuff as well in Bradford and Fackley as well. I just I just enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed it, man. So I just I didn't want to um, change that until I'd probably say I was about 15, late 14, 15. So I thought, you know what, I think it's the right time to, to try and make something of this now. And like I say, you had players coming through. We had Luis, Luis Emmanuel and someone else in my age group as well. That was always playing for Bradford Boys and Bradford City at the time, and you know, you play against them for schools and stuff, and people like, yeah, he plays for Bradford City, and blah blah blah. I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Um, so I'd, yeah, like I said, I didn't take it seriously. Like 15, and then um, my school teacher said, look, I know the Bradford coach. He wants you to go down. Do you, do you fancy? Do you fancy going? I was, I was kept putting it off, saying um, I'm fine, happy playing playing with my friends and stuff, and then. I said, you know what, I'll go down, have a little trial with them and see what happens. And that's when I walked in. Um, it was at Apley Bridge, funny enough. That's where we train now. Um, Steve, I can't remember the guy's name. Steve Smith, I think he was, like the one of the coaches, I think it was called. And um, He just said it was, it was just too late. Like I said, I left it too late because they already had the, made up the mind who wanted, who they wanted to take on. Um, and my time was all wrong, but at the same time, I, I got to play some games for them. And, and luckily enough, um, there was like a few scouts there, Barnsley and the whole city, and a few other scouts there that was saying, "Yeah, there's, we've got a few slots left, and we want to, we want to, we want to invite you down." And that's when I went down to Hull, Hull City, um, Billy Russell, man, invited me down. And I remember playing against Bradford. Funny enough, since I left Bradford, we played them again, and I'm, in, I think I scored a couple of goals against them as well. And, <laughs> That was that was quite weird, but yeah, it's it's like I say, there was quite a few young youngsters in my age that was coming through, and that was you know, getting hyped up at the time, and then didn't quite make it for whatever reason. I've always said um, it was good for me to move home. I think if I would have stayed in Bradford and um, still being with my friends and around, you know, society, the, the people that I was I was around, I don't think I probably would have made it myself. I probably would have been still still doing stupid stupid things with my friends and. Lost focus a bit. Do you think you'd have lost focus a bit? Just waiting for him to load up again. Anyone watching? We're just having a couple of technical difficulties. Sorry about this. It's the first time it's fully happened, but uh, we are getting stuck into some good chat here. If you can hear me, I'll have to reload it and if you can come back on. The power of technology, yeah, typical. The first time this has happened. If anyone's still locked in, thank you. Do bear with. As I say, this is Loose Lips. We've been going, we did last Monday, last Wednesday, Monday just gone, and this Wednesday. And uh, it's the first time we've sort of had these technical difficulties, so do stick with. I assure you that the chat will be free-flowing and it will be uplifting and we will be getting stuck into the nitty-gritty of Clayton Donaldson and his career. Uh, he's just probably logged back off to come back on again, so just bear with. And likewise, anyone with the chat, yes, he's come back through. Anyone with uh, any comments that you want to give to the chat, come through. 
and I'll fit them in. Easy. Sorry, you froze then. Yeah, yeah, you froze as well, man. Crazy. <laughs> no way. So I'll tell you where it got to. It got to yeah. a bit where um, I, I was, you were saying that uh, you felt moving away did you good. And I was saying, do you think if you would have stayed in Bradford, then you would have lost your focus? Do you think that was a key part then? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I definitely, definitely would have lost my focus. I would have still been around my friends and, um, you know, obviously, if I would have signed youth forms or whatever at Bradford, I still would have been playing. But then going back home to the to the same crowd that I was that I was in um, probably wasn't wasn't probably ideal. Wouldn't, wouldn't be ideal for me as as, as 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 a kid looking looking to make it as a professional football. And I think that's one of the reasons why most players um, don't make it when they um, I was able to move away and get my head down. Um, and start fresh where if I would have stayed in Bradford I would have been still going out doing stupid things you know stuff like that really um, like I say it's, it's it's a difficult one moving home at, at such a young age but um, when you've got that drive and you want to actually do well um, you just never know they can take you When you're at this sort of other scale of that now do you see players coming through who have those sort of similar allures around them and are you able to put a bit of a an older figure arm around them and maybe guide them in the right way because you've sort of seen that side of it. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I speak to the, quite the young players a lot that um, that are from the area where they where where, I play, where they're playing, and it's, you see it. You see it all the time. And they're still going out on the weekends because um, you know they're known by everyone, and then they'll, they'll do something that that gets back to the club, and and that's a, that's a strike already. So I've seen it. I've seen. It, I've been involved in it before. So I've always tried to. You know, put my arms around them and say, "Look, you know, you're from this area. Everyone knows you. Just be careful. Um, you know, because the eyes are going to be on you. You'll be fresh in a footballer now. So things have changed massively. Whereas when I moved away, no one really knew me, so I was still able to step out here and there and do my own thing. Whereas if I stayed in Bradford, um, you know, everyone know everyone knows me in Bradford, so it would have been a lot difficult to to move about and do do the stuff I was doing before before I moved." Do you think clubs have a certain agenda and responsibility in that sense of protecting the player, or is that maybe where clubs are seen that they want to see the maturity and the discipline of the player? Because I feel that's quite a, a make-or-break time. You know, you're not just growing up as a, as a man; you're growing up in the public eye. You're growing up in a competitive nature where you compete yeah. for players against people much older than you. It, it's a lot of like background pressure before you actually even step onto the football pitch. So. You know, is is the, do the club ever intervene, or do they just sort of think we'll cut our losses? No, I think they do. Quality, yeah. But... yeah, no, I think they do. Most clubs now have like a, a player liaison, so they, that's the person who looks after all the players and all the players' needs and whatever the player needs, they they they, they provide. So, like I say, when you sign for a club, um, that's that's they're they're kind of your respons their responsibility as well because that's, you're carrying their club on on your back. So. Whatever you do, it affects them as well. So, yeah. I think it's in their best interest to to be, try be involved and, and guide the young players. But it's difficult, like say, when they're still living at home, and you can't watch the players twenty four seven. Do you know what I mean? So, it's up to that player to to have that that drive and say, look, now I'm, I'm I'm staying in. I'm focusing. I need to watch some games and revise and 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 better my game and stuff like that. So it's just it comes within the player as well. When you moved to Hull, I've noticed that when certain players move to different cities, the the stay with like club fosterers, you know, like sort of uh, guardians. Yeah. Did, was that yeah. what you did as well? 
that's what I did, yeah. Yeah, it was like digs, lodgings, like digs, it was called when I was over there. I stayed with like a family. And what um, was that like? Because obviously they'll, was, be, yeah. they'll be a set of the, a part of the club family as well. So do they teach yeah. you the values of it as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was, there was like my parents. And obviously it was scary leaving, what leaving was home. This, and sorry? 17? I was uh, uh, 16. 16 I was. Yeah, just gone 16. So obviously moving home and then moving into another. This was all new. I was like, wow. Like, these people, I don't even know. I don't know what they're going to be like. Do you know what I mean? It's like... It's crazy, um, but they were they were smashing. They was amazing. They made it made me feel welcome and made it made it so much easier for me to to, to adapt as well. And like I said, there was other players uh, that was there as well, which made it a lot easier for me as well. Um, so I, I bonded with all the other players straight away, and it was like a it was like a, a nice close little family. So it was it was good. It was good for me. And then from Hull, was it York? Yeah, after Hull, I went to York, York City. Um, so was Hull was Hull more YTS at that point? Hull was YTS, yeah, yeah. That's where it started off as YTS, and then I signed a two-year pro when um, Peter Taylor came in. He's the one who gave me my two-year pro um, at eighteen. So um, for anyone um, watching, uh, YTS is sort of like the the cap before you get signed to being a pro. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. The, the tech players. But, I think they call it like academies. They have like academies now, don't they, and stuff mm. like that. I don't think there's as much uh, YT. Uh, I don't think there's like a YTS youth, um, youth team scheme or something. What it's called back then. I don't think it's like that anymore. It's more academies now. It's, yeah, it's a similar, similar sort of thing. Yeah, because then, uh, well, you'll know if players get injured, they step into those academies to actually yeah. play, don't they? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah. how was it then? Obviously, you settled because one of the things I want to really cover is just how much you've moved around and travelled, and especially at a young age, like to settle in different places. So. Obviously, you've gone to Hull at well, you've left Bradford, gone to Hull at 16, 17. You're now at York. I know they don't sound a million miles away, but yeah. you've still got to start again. You've still got to get your face to fit. You've got to meet your new teammates. You've got to find out a new area as well. So, do these things ever have an impact on your game while you're settling in? It, uh, at first, it did, yeah, because obviously, you've got to find find your feet again, it's new surroundings, um, new places to look, to look and stay. It's all big changes, and you know, the first few three or four months it's it's difficult because you still on you still try to find your feet and but at the same time you need to be performing on the pitch as well so you, you're kind of juggling the two two together which is difficult and um, like I say when all new players come over from come over to new clubs you don't you don't tend to see them settle down as quick as as quick as as quick as, as quick as you you know you would think they would but it's like I say it's all that takes time and it's it's hard to juggle the both together. It's it's difficult but it's part and parcel of football. You just got to get on with it. But people, other people, don't see that side of it. Is is there a lot of um, potential frustration when it's working in training, but it's not quite working in the match because you're still not settled yet? Or is that where the belief again and the discipline, and, and I suppose the coaching comes into it, where the, the prep you with, the, the mental toughness of we see your quality, we know it's coming. Don't put pressure on yourself. Because I think sometimes what puts pressure on a player is themselves yeah. wanting to perform yeah. too much. Yeah, you know, sometimes you you get managers and coaches that say, look, you know, it's it's a new club. It's going to take time to settle. Just keep doing what you're doing, and and that's massive, you know, for any new player because obviously a new player want to hit the ground running straight away. But and then but then you've got the other side of it when they're finishing training, they've got to look for a new place to live and get get used to the new surroundings, get used to the, all the new players as well. And you know, some managers are just 
I've had loads of managers come up to me and say, look, just it's fine, you stick to it'll take time, but it'll come. Just keep just keep going and keep believing. And, and that's massive. And that's massive. At that moment in time, as you sort of establish yourself as a first team player now, with the level where the club were at, were you uh, you know, is this where conversation comes with your agent where you're looking for a move or the clubs approach you? Because obviously the move after that turned out to be what I'd say one of your most prolific in your career. Which one's that? To Hibs. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was just, like I said, I was at York for a couple of years and the second year, I think I hit the ground running, to be fair, at York, um, scoring loads of goals. And then I think they wanted to sell me to some league club. I think it was Peterborough, I think it was. Um, but they wanted a massive fee. And I think I was 23 at the time. And I think in Scotland, it was they had that um, way, if he, if he was 23, he was allowed to leave for free. And that was like a loophole. Oh really? Yeah, it was a loophole. That's why they, they was able to get me for free, and 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 obviously, York City didn't get any get any money for it. They didn't know. Um, so, and and that's how that all came about with John Collins. John Collins came to watch me a few times at, at, at York City, um, and then yeah, and then signing a pre-contract deal with them in January, I think it was. Didn't go down too well with the York City fans, but <laughs> I was yeah, say. yeah, it didn't go down well. Played against them. Do they remember? Uh, yes. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I didn't get. I, I got a decent, decent welcome. Um, but there was there was a handful of players. I mean, handful of fans that still reminded me of of the of the, of the time where I left without giving Yoxi any any money. But it's yes, yeah, it's, it's part and parcel of football. There's certain things you have got to try and do for you, best for yourself and your family, aren't you? So that that was one of them. So, I mean, we've discussed a bit of the moving now, but moving north of the border to colder climates, I mean, what was that like? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, obviously Scotland is a place where I've never been before, so it was that was an eye-opener. And just, and just a strong accent was, was, was the most difficult part, understanding what everyone's saying um, in the strong Scottish accent. Lucky, lucky enough, Edinburgh wasn't as strong as, like, the, you know, you guys goes and your other, other areas up there, so... It was kind of watered down a little bit, which was all right. But like I said, there was so many different cultures up there. Yeah, lovely place. If you haven't been to Edinburgh, I definitely recommend it, man. Incredible, lovely place. Incredible yeah, city. yeah, yeah. Great, great city, man. We loved it up there. So, and that made it easier when your surroundings are beautiful as that. It makes it a lot easier. What about when you're sort of playing there now, and you know you're you're playing in derbies against Hearts. You're playing at like. Ibrox yeah. and Celtic yeah. Park. Yeah. For a lot of people, the Scottish League can come under a bit of criticism or at least the scrutiny. But I think it's old-fashioned, hard-hitting football. So what, what was the difference in a step up to playing Scottish Premier League? Yeah, well, my first game was Hearts away. <laughs> so it was like a Edinburgh derby straight away. But I didn't know the magnitude of it. Like When I first went out there, I just thought, yeah, it's a derby. You just get play the game and then go home. But you no, know, it's to the fans. It was like that's the life. Do you know what I mean? It was as serious as that. And so when you're turning up to the ground and you're seeing all the fans and you know the atmosphere and the energy, it was. Like, I don't think I've experienced anything like that for, for like, in my career at the time. So it was an eye opener for me and very scary. Um, and, and started that game and it was, like I said, I just remember just walking out thinking, "Wow, is this what it's all about?" Um, is this what a derby is? Kind of thing. So I've never really been involved involved in a derby as big as as big as that at the time. So yeah, that was that was a massive eye open. And Scottish people, man, they they football's their passion, man. 
footballs their life. So yeah, definitely saw that when I went up there. And then what about when you are going to these grounds like Celtic Park? And uh, Did you get to play Ibrox or were Rangers still under having their issues? No, no, I got to play at Ibrox and, and Celtic Park as well. I got to play at both. And say it's the atmosphere, the stadiums, man. It's crazy, crazy. Like, yeah, like I say, I've never been involved in a football match as big as that. Do you know what I mean? 60, 60 odd, 60 odd, 70,000 people in the stadium just. Gunning for your neck, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, but yeah, a young boy being involved in that, it's, it's, it's madness, but it was great at the same time, I enjoyed it, we, I think we, we won at Celtic Park as well, and I think we won at Ibrox as well at the time, yeah, both, both away, um, so yeah, we, we were doing alright under John Collins. Was there any sort of players that stood out to you in Scottish football who, who you were playing at the same time, who've gone on to do things, were you playing... Would Van Dyke sign for Celtic at that time, or do you? Let yeah, this was this. No, this was long, long before that, man. Come on, man, you showing my age now, bro. Ah, Come on, man. Years, was, mate. These are nah, showing my age. Oh, that was long. I was, I was playing. I was playing up top with um, Stephen Fletcher. Um, you know Stephen Fletcher, man. Yeah, Sunderland, you play Sunderland. Wolves? Burnley, Wolves, Sunderland. Yeah, Sunderland. it was me. Oh, yeah. Me and him up top at the time, and um, and obviously John Collins was an iconic Premiership footballer at the time. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It was, it was yeah, when, when, yeah. When I heard he was involved in signing me, I was like, "Wow, John Collins!" Yeah, yeah. yeah watching the World, the World Cup and stuff, that gets R nine in them on there. So it's, <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, yeah, this is big, man." I used to watch him all the time in the Prem, so was, that's I couldn't believe it. But he was, he was, he was amazing, man. He was amazing with the players. His players, my management was was spot on. Spot on, man. Yeah. Enjoy my time up there with John Collins. And then, so, you were up there for, I'd say, what, three seasons, I think? And then Brentford came calling. No, it was just crew. You was crew? Yeah, crew, yeah. Crew? Yeah, crew, yeah, I was at crew as well. That's what I'm saying. You don't, you, you're showing my age, man. Come <laughs> on, man. I've been, I'm like a traveller out here. <laughs> no, yeah, I went down to crew um, under um, Steve Holland. He's now the England, is it England assistant or whatever it is now? Um, and Dario Gradi as well. Um, yeah, that was that was crazy as well. Um, living in just outside of Manchester, a place called Nantwich. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, like I say, crew always known for the football inside. Um, yeah. As soon as I went down, just football was played on the ground and just pop, pop, pop here and there. And that was that was great because I always wanted to play. I was like yeah, very kind of. A flair play at the time as well, so that was great for me. And you know, to having the young players coming through, just playing football in the right way was it was good, man. It was good. Yeah, because at that time they were a feeder club to Liverpool as well. So. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah, there was all quite a few players that came through at Crew. Always went on to to bigger and better things, man. So yeah, like I said, there was a feeder club for all the big the big clubs there. So for me to be involved in a team like that and, and playing with the players with the, the quality um, of the players that they did brought brought through was was, was made my game a lot easier. Now, we'll come easier. to uh, some of the other clubs that you've been to in a bit, but I, I sort of want to focus on the side of when it comes to the transfer element of it, because you must have seen it. The one, And I know Sheffield United was much, much later in your career, but I'm going to bring up that yeah. example. Did, have you seen the documentary that you're in where it's transfer deadline day? And you're actually there, supposed to be signed, and then it went yeah. through, but some of them weren't going through. 
yeah, yeah. That was that was the Sheffield, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I see that, that. Yeah. You know, can can you can because obviously you, you by this time you're at four different clubs crew before you got to Brentford. Like, what's it like that whole phone call from an agent? Right, so and so is interested. Is there a few clubs do you get to go down and check the training ground or? Do you meet the players? Like, what's the process before a transfer? No, well, that that was like because mostly I I normally um, see out my see out my, my contract, and then I'm free at the end of the season, and then I have time through the summer just to uh, weigh up my options and do things that way. Whereas obviously the Sheffield Wednesday thing, I was still under contract with Birmingham, so um, I think that was probably the first time where I've had to like get up and leave. Where before I ran out, ran ran out my contracts and, and left on a free, so I've had time to do all that. So that was my first proper involvement in, in actually last transfer deadline day deal kind of thing. So that was an eye opener. Yeah, that was an eye opener. My Jesus, it was. I can't remember what time. I was in Birmingham, just sat there. Just I think I was playing a game or whatever I was doing, and then bam, I get a call. Birmingham is accepted bid or whatever it is, and you can go. And I'm looking at the time, thinking. I need to get up to Sheffield. I'm not going to make it. Like, so <laughs> I'm not going to make it in time. I'm thinking, are you sure? It's like, yeah, you need to go now. Just leave everything and just go. Did Birmingham, so to... Obviously, it's difficult for you in what you can say and stuff, but do, let's say, rather than name clubs then, are manoeuvres done where but certain elements might want you to stay and things are stalled to derail it? Or is it generally paperwork decisions and, and it is just pack, pack, pack and parcel of it? Say that again. So basically, you know, you're sat in Birmingham and you're waiting. Yeah. That could have been done in the day. It could have been at any time. Do you think that there's yeah. certain games that have been played by certain entities that are wanting to keep you? Or is it just the paperwork does take its time and it's fucking no, no. Awesome of it? No, it was Birmingham, Birmingham uh, didn't want me to leave. So the, so to... they were hustling it a bit and holding it to the latest... Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I spoke to Harry Redknapp um, on the day. He, he actually told me about uh, teams being interested, but he, he actually said, I, "I don't want you to leave." Um, so, I was, you know, obviously, I'm seeing him bringing all these players in. Um, he brought in so many. <laughs> you know, Harry Redknapp, man, wheel and dealer, but transfer <laughs> deadline. He brought in so many players. And I'm thinking, why? Am I going to play here? But he, no, I spoke to him in the morning. He was like, "No, I, I definitely want you to stay." You know. I like you as a player, so I want to get your head down. Um, but then, it's, I think I was coming back from an injury at the time. Uh, I was injured the following season, so I was still on my way back. wasn't really up to scratch. Didn't play a few pre-season games, and I was trying to weigh everything up. And then, bam, now, um, I don't know if it was it was someone higher up in the club um, said, yeah, OK, you can go. Um, after so many t- discussions and stuff, and that was it. That, and that's how it happened. I didn't think I was going anywhere. I thought I was going to be going to training next day at Birmingham, and then you know I got a call saying, "Yeah, someone's you can go." They said you can go, and you're free to free to talk to them. So that was that was enough for me to say, "Okay, yeah, let's go, let's do it." What's the side of that when? But the paperwork, like the paperwork, can it doesn't it, the paperwork can just be signed and and. and most of it is more like medical and stuff. So clubs want to protect themselves and don't want to sign a player that's probably injured or uh, got an injury, uh, acute injury that could make that could obviously turn out to be a big injury. So 
the medical side was the one that took t- took its time, um, and that's why it delayed everything. As soon as I got there, I had to do my medical, and even that was rushed. But they did all the main, yeah, they did all the main, the main stuff, and and saw that I was fine, and then yeah, that's and then pulled it through. But like I say, it's it's mainly the medical side of it really that's, that takes the takes the time. And I think didn't you see it with the uh, the weekend player man? He was supposed to go to um, where was he supposed to go, man? To to Italy, wasn't it? The weekend, the left back man. He got that move to was it Milan or nah? You know. The only one I was thinking was was um, the baller. I can't remember his name. Does, does anyone know the name, man? He was, Wigan. He was supposed to move to a team in in um, I think it was AC Milan or something like that. And was it January? And it fell through because um, yeah, Wigan to Milan. Yeah, it fell through because they uh, medical. Has, yeah, Robinson. That's the one. Robinson left back. He was um, cheers for that man. Who was that? Who's Um he was, yeah, because Milan, they're strict. Like, you have to do, like, a, I think it's a three-hour medical. You have to. And obviously, the time the time he got there and for him to do a three-hour medical, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked. And that's what, and that's the reason why that, that fell through. Whereas if I had, if, if Sheffield went, Sheffield United was like, well, we do two-hour medicals and that's that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have signed for them because it was more relaxed. And obviously, the procedure in Italy is more, more strict to that's, that's that's how it that's how it, that's why he never signed over there, that's and that's why I was able to sign. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they can move the goalposts. It's obvious. It's, it's all the preference of the club, really. I've always wanted to know that, and then it must be strange when you sat in Birmingham and you've got boys there, and you know there's a bit of a brotherhood and solidarity, and then you're gone. I've always wondered, like, what what's that like when you when you leave? Like, you still yeah. you still spars and, and boys with everybody, but it must be strange. Yeah, you always look at the squad and think, who do I know from that team, man? And obviously, um, you know, this, uh, this Sheffield, Wednesday, uh, Sheffield United um, situation, I knew uh, Duffy. I knew Duffy for me. He was, he was at Birmingham. Um, Jake Wright as well, his brother lad, um, that, that I've known growing up as well. So as soon as you get in there, you're looking for those players to, to try and Liam, Liam Clark as well. You're looking for those players to try and yeah, help you to fifteen settle down. Do you know what I mean? And and to be fair, like when all new players when they go to a new club, man, all the players are you know sound, man. You get the captain texting you saying, "Welcome to the club. Um, make sure you look for me when you come in, and, and I'll show you the show you the ropes and stuff like that." So yeah, it's even even now what if players come to Bradford, I always go up to them and and shake their hand and say, "If anything you need, and just you know what I mean, just, I'm here for you." So. It's always good when when you sign for a new club. Now most of the players are just you know, saying, "Yeah, cool, everything's fine, man. Cool, just come in and this is where you sit. This is where you get changed. Just do your thing." And what? What's and it makes it it makes it life easier. And you, you relax and you're like, "Okay, it wasn't as stressful as I, as I thought it was going to be." Yeah, because I suppose you've got that element where people think he's coming in to take my place, but then you've got the other side of it where we're going to be a better club for it. It's going to make me a better yeah. player. So yeah. I mean, I could Yeah, you do. You do have a few little side eyes, like yeah. yeah is he? Yeah, is he gonna? Or is it, where is he gonna play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even heard of him playing. Like, where does he play? Does he? Does he play at fun? Like, <laughs> if you get little Charlies and all, so you do get that. You do get that. But then it ups your game. Do you know what I mean? So if you want to keep your players, then it's good. You know what I mean? You can make the team stronger. Everyone ups the game and and makes it difficult. What's your Favorite initiation song that you've had to sing at a new club? Uh, I've done a few, man. Jesus, the, the one I go for is Bombali, uh, a few little birds, man. Simple, 
gets me through it and I can jam to it as well. So I think I think I've done Billy Jean before, man. At Birmingham, I think I did Billy Jean. Yeah, I did. throwing out moves. Yeah, moves I did a little, well. yeah, did a little shamo and everything, you know, a little, <laughs> a couple of moonwalks in there as well. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, yeah, but a few little birds in is it's the one I go to now. Simple but effective. Now I've worked my way around because I want to spend a bit of time on Brentford because I'd say that that was probably the club that you spent the longest start in your career. And I'd say, would you say as well, more success? Like it felt like you were proper loved by by the, the Brentford fans. Like they probably took you. I remember being at a wedding and speaking to a Brentford fan and said, oh, it's my cousin and he just won't leave my ear alone. You're like, no way, like what? Like honestly, like you were proper loved in Brentford. Yeah, it's a difficult one because most places where I've been, New York, um, crew as well, finished top goal scorer, so I did well there. And Birmingham, you know, to go in a champion, score 16 goals in my first season and double figures in the second season. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not easy. So to actually narrow down a, a club, say I was more effective there, it's, I think it's been. Yeah, I wouldn't I, say I, effective, yeah. like from the club. Yeah, really obviously, yeah, took me in and uh, helped him um, to promotion as well to the championship, which which is what they wanted. So uh, that's that's massive, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, you know how hard it is um, for teams to. Penfrey uh, was a small little club, you know, playing people in the end would have thought them playing in the championship. So to, to be involved in that, I, that was major, I think. Yeah, so probably that was the only reason why. And the Brentford fans, you know, took to me as, as and that's still to this day now. Um, been great, been great, man. So we went on a mad journey, mad journey, and because they still thriving now, still, still, still playing ball in the right way, and, and I said he got a chance of getting up to the Prem. So for me to be involved in that journey, man, yeah, I could say, well, but yeah, cool, yeah, it's good, man, good time. And then- Greg Dyke's involvement with Brentford as well has always like blown my mind. So Greg Dyke was like the chief operator of the BBC, but he also had like something to do with Brentford as well. Were he, were yeah. he ever around the club? Uh, not to my, not, no, I don't know. To be fair, um, Greg Dyke, Greg Dyke, possibly, possibly, but I, I don't know. I don't. I, nothing that, nothing like that information gets gets to the players really. To be honest. And obviously, you had your, your Natalie Sawyers, and she was a big Brentford fan, and she used to come to the um, training grounds and stuff and, and meet the players and stuff. Um, unless they came to like, the training grounds and meet the players or into the change rooms, you would never know who, who was going to the game or who wasn't. Okay, fair. And like, I remember watching you play against Chelsea in the FA Cup, which must yeah. have been crazy. When you got fouled by Terry. <laughs> You bullied him yeah. that first game, didn't you? You know you did. Yeah, no, the first game was good, man. To actually play against the likes of Terry and Ashley Cole and, and Torres. Um, why? Wow, yeah, that was um, a special moment, man. Special moment in my career to, to actually be involved and play on the same pitch as those guys. And we actually, like you say, we did well. We did well. We, we um, I think Torres scored a last minute equaliser, man. Killed us. Killed yeah, us. You were unlucky. Yeah, killed us. But yeah, that game, man. It's, Long lives in in the memory of, of for me that that does man definitely we played well like I say you I say what a bully Terry is that what you, is that what you, you say you bully Terry <laughs> oh, man you know you did oh yeah yeah I yeah, got the best of it got best yeah yeah I don't want to say too much you know what I mean 
I might play. You know, I see Terry now and again. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we had a, had a decent game in our first game, man. Decent game. Looking at someone like him and how he's gone into coaching, do you feel like coaching something for you in your in your future? Do you feel like football is still uh, after your yeah. career? It's something that's still going to be prevalent yeah. in your life. Yeah, I think so. I'm doing my badges at the moment. Um, so that's something I might want to fall back on. Um, I think being in fo- involved in football for so long, I think it would be a shame to just walk away and, and not be involved in, in any certain way, in such ways as, as coaching or managing or whatever. So I thought I'd do my badges. I started at my badges last last year and, and yeah, a couple of years ago. And I thought, you know, you just never know. Like I say, you just never know what, what may happen. And what the future might bring, and you know, while I'm still playing football, why not? So yeah, so that's that's there just in case uh, I, I, I turn I turn to it. And then what, I think one of the crazy things about what's happened in your career was what happened at Bolton. Like yeah, that see. must have been difficult on all sides of it, man. Like, is there anything that? What do you think was, of your memories at that club? At the yeah, it's, there? It's, it's sad because. That's the only memory I really have about about Bolton is the is the way it ended really with the financial situation and the owners and stuff and administration and all that stuff and players not getting paid for so long. Um, it's like I say when you you're involved in that and you see players going through what they was going through at the time. It, it was bigger than football. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was mental. It was mentally. Um, so it's um, yeah, it was in a great situation to be involved in, man. Definitely in a great situation to be involved, and I just, I'm just glad now we 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 got through that. We got through that. I don't think without the, yeah, I think the PFA helped us to a certain extent, but I think without the players around us, the strong players, the weeks, and you know the other players that was there at the time to keep us all going and mentally strong. And um, yeah, I think yeah, I don't think, I don't think we would have been able to get through that situation. Man. But yeah, I won't wish that on any any player. Um, so that was that was a difficult time, but we got through it. And like I say, it's. Just, I think it makes you stronger when you get through stuff like that. A career of ups and downs and it brings you back fully, full circle to Bradford City. And before we go there, I'd like to speak to you about when you played internationally. I remember you posting up a photo one time when you swapped shirts. When you beat Chile 2-0, I think, or 2-1 and you swapped yeah, shirts two with Alexis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine's just scoring that game as well, man. Yeah. It was, yeah. Alexis, man, what a player, Jesus Christ, he was just, he was running rings round round us all, man. It was a difficult, difficult day, a long day. But to actually get my get my goal in that game, the I think it was the first first goal, and then he was just sitting on that for time. And like I say, Alexis was at um, was at Arsenal at the time. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. He was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I need to get his shirt, man. I need to get his shirt. Um, but that was like, say, it's, playing international football. That's the whole different ball game again, man. A great big eye opener again, playing against players like Alexis, um, you know I mean? Suarez and all them, Cavani, you know, Hernandez, you know, it's just it's different level, man, different league. And you can see why those players are like where they are. You can see like being on the pitch and playing against them, you're like, yeah, okay, I understand now. This is this is what I mean, this is what certain players need to do to get to, to that level. And it's it's always a shame really that I, I I took up international football at a later age rather than um, if I was younger, man. I would have been able to, like, yeah, okay, this is what I need to do. This is where I need to be, do you know what I mean? And when you're testing yourself against those talented players, man, it was uh, it was good, good experience, good experience all around. And to play for the um, 
heritage, man. Yeah. Big honour, man. That was a big honour for me and for my family as well. There's a good question that's just come through now. I'm going to piggyback off that. So I was going to ask the cliche, but I'm always interested. Who is a player that stands out the most that you've played against? And then also one here from Matthew Monkey saying, favourite shirt ever collected from a player? Player that... Sanchez, man. Yeah. Sanchez was a problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was a that guy was small but sharp and nippy and like I say he was at Arsenal at the time where he was just causing damage in the pen. He was at the top of his game man, at the time and playing him at Chile he was just he was I just it was just everything was just so easy for him. Everything was just close dribbling, technique, everything was on yeah, I just remember coming off that game thinking that was like a FIFA game for him. <laughs> the way he played against us, it was just like a FIFA game. So and then the shirt as well, the shirt swap. But I got his shirt, so I probably would say, yeah, I'd probably would say Sanchez, man. Yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Like if you don't, if you have, if you didn't see him play live at that time where he was on top of his game, you won't understand what I'm saying, man. Because obviously he went to Man U and didn't really keep that same level for whatever reason. Yeah, you know I mean, it's different, different system, different teams. So I don't know. But that time when he was at Arsenal, man, Jesus Christ, <laughs> scary, scary, scary. And then to round us up then, so you you come back to the Home City Club. Can mm -hmm. you tell us about how that came about, obviously from Bolton to step to there and just how you feel about playing, bringing it full circle? Yeah, it was, that has always been like, there, like, come and play for us, come and play for us. But at the time, it wasn't the right choice and right time in my career to actually play, uh, to, to sign, to and play there. Um Obviously, I was wanted to play as high as possible, um, and Gaffa was still League One, League Two at the time. So I was like, it's not the right time yet. Um, and then after the Bolton situation, sat down, and thought, you know what? Even though they got like relegated, I just think it's it's the right time to do it now. I think it's the right time to do it now. What a way if I can go there and try and and get them promoted to League One. And what a story that would be as well. So. And to finish my career that there, so it's just it was like I say, it's full circle. And um, I thought this is time where I want to settle down there now and try and get back and promoted and, and and finish there. And you know, when you when you think about it, how's your season gone this season? How do you how do you think you've settled in, and how do you think it would have well could still potentially finish at the end? Yeah, we started well, started really well. Um, got on the you know into the playoffs positions, and then. I got injured, man. I got injured against Morecambe away. I think that was the last time I actually won away. I think it was. Did my um, did my toe and kind of played ligament in my toe, ruptured it, so I had, to have surgery and stuff. So I was out for like nearly four months, man. So I was doing well, and then we got that injury, and wasn't really picking up the points as as, as much as we was before. And the form starting to dip, and we started to dip down in the leagues, and then obviously the manager changed. Manager changed in in. Was it in January? I think it was January. Said, yeah, the manager changed, and then you, the calls come in and steady the ship a little bit. What's so it's that just... like? What's that like when you've been playing under one system, and then another manager comes in? That must be quite uh, an interesting. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, whole new method. You know I mean, you've gone through pre-season, half of the season playing one way and um, to a certain method, and then the new manager comes in, and then you got to erase all that and then start again. It takes time. Um, it takes time, and you know, McCall came in and, and steadied the ship, ship a little bit. Um, got some decent results. 
get some you know, some decent decent uh, decent performances, decent points, and then and then it kind of dropped again. So you're going to get that with a new manager, new systems, and stuff, and and the players getting used to everything. Um, but we're still, like I say, we're still, we're still there. We're still thereabouts. It's still, it's, it's, it's in our graph still. So uh, as long as that's um, still there, then I've, we've got everything to play for. So I think probably four points, three points out of the, about the playoffs with like nine games to go. So it's, it's definitely still there and a lot of points to play for. So um, like I say, before all this happened, we were still optimistic about about actually reaching those goals and getting getting promoted. So. But now it's it's obviously this virus and everything's come in and all the football stopped. It's like it's been put on the back burner now. Um, so I just you know, obviously all the players are just itching to go again and, and, and trying to climb up the climb up the league and, and get some get some runs going. Yeah, it sounds inspiring, man. And I'm sure once football comes back again, you'll be you'll be getting the getting the bantams back to where they need to be. Uh, my final one, if that's all yeah. good, is what would you say your proudest moment is in football? You know, you've achieved a lot, yeah. you've played here, there, everywhere, up and down the leagues, different countries internationally. What would you say your, your biggest or prou- proudest proudest moment is? I would say probably um, signing my first pro deal, man. I think signing my first pro deal at 18. Um Gave me the platform to to do what I did, what I've done in football. I think if I didn't, obviously, I think I was the only one in my my age group to sign pro pro forms and become a pro. Um, you know, not many players get to get to do that, and um, such a small percentage of players that get to sign um, pro um, professional contracts with the clubs and stuff. So, I think that's probably been my proud moment. Because if I didn't sign pro, I got released or whatever, I would never achieve the, the things I've achieved. You know, the goals. Oh, the internationals, the the, the hat tricks, yeah, stuff like that. If I never signed my pro contract, I would never have done all that. So that gave me the platform to, to improve and do better. So, yeah, sign my first pro deal, man. Definitely, definitely. For me, uh, I, I wouldn't. I've, there's been two real surreal moments where I've gone, yeah. wow. One was when I was going to a wedding in Dorset and uh, we were waiting for a taxi and we're in this weird, like, imagine League of Gentlemen and we're in this weird, like, one lonely pub. Yeah, and you're on the telly scoring. And I'm like, no way! Like that's that's my <laughs> waiting for a taxi. And I just looked up and you banged top car. I'm like, that's my cousin. Like, no way! That's sick, man. So I love that. But the yeah. other one, which I want to add, is when your mum passed. And uh, mm. I remember I was at work at the time where I was working, and I was always keeping a float of like Brentford's like scores at that time. And I yeah. knew you yeah. were gonna score, and you scored, and you took your shirt off, and you had the vest, and you pointed up to the sky. And yeah. I just that for me that is what like it's it's just it was just it was just beautiful because honestly yeah. it was such a, a, a an amazing like respect that you showed and I, I just I knew you were gonna score do you know what I mean There's yeah some yeah things, and I just yeah, knew, was, and to see you do it yeah. I was like yes yes you know what I mean yeah you know it was a game like I remember like it was yesterday man obviously. Anyone that lost their parents or you know, I mean, losing the mum and stuff, it's, it's it was it was a blow, man. Huge for me. It was huge and it was a massive setback. Actually, found out um, the Chelsea uh, the Chelsea game, the the replay. Um, brother came down and the missus and stuff and the family and came down to watch the game. But my my brother actually knew before the game. That she passed away that 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 morning, 
and I, I was playing Chelsea, uh, I think about three o'clock or something, uh, in, in the afternoon or late, late afternoon. And I, obviously I didn't know until after the game. That's when my brother said, told me, so I, like, I didn't want to tell you before the game because obviously you want to play it, it would have put you off the game and you've been looking forward to it. And, you know, mum would have want you to, to, to not play the game. So that was, yeah. So when I got the news then, I was, uh, yeah, the emotions and everything was fine. And then, I think the club gave me a couple of weeks off um, just to bereave and stuff really and, and sort things out back at home and then that was I think that was my first game back from, from being away from it um, and like I said emotions were running high man the emotions was was crazy it's, it's, you can't explain it until you actually being in that situation and then like I said before the game I just had a feeling I was going to score man I just had a feeling I was going to score and I was able to to show a bit of respect, man, and have my mum on, on my shirt underneath. And as soon as I scored, that was it. The shirt came off. And funny enough, I got booked for it as well, which, which is crazy <laughs> as well. <laughs> mum passed away and I've scored a goal. And I'm just wanting, you know what I mean, just show the amount of love that I have for him. And, and then, boom, got a yellow card as well. And the ref was like, look, I, I don't want to do this, but, you know, I've got to, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, at the same time, respect. I was like, no, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's cool. Luckily, I didn't get booked early on in the game. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, proud moment, man. Proud moment as well, yeah. That one, that one really stands out. But uh, thank you for uh, agreeing to chat with me. Uh, thank you for your time. And, you know, I'm glad that you've gone on to do what you've done because one of us, out of all that age group, deserved to. And the fact that it was you, like, I still remember the bits of school you did at Fackley where you were sending, like, yeah. defenders have still lost the legs now from schools you did 23, <laughs> 20 years ago. Do you know what I'm saying, man? Like, it's, it's, it's bonkers. So, I'm I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm glad that we've got to connect again and do something like this. But I think it's even more poignant that you've come back to Bradford to be able to help them and uh, almost, like, pick up where you left off if you would have probably got signed with them originally. So, yeah, Good luck yeah. with the rest of the season, whatever comes through of it, man. I'm going to get to some games as well. You know, I'm busy, yeah. I'm busy editing Emirates and that, mate. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> I see I'm, you, I see you. I see you that TV, though. Don't see, I don't see that colour, that pink hair and that, man. I see oh, you. Man, there, I, like, it, yeah. no, I don't even know what he's doing, man. I'm, that's oh, that's the God. biggest yeah, thing. You need to keep that hat on, man. Keep that hat on. No, keep that hat on, man. Don't take that off, bro. Keep that hat on. Oh, my God. No, nah, like I say, it's been a pleasure, man. Like I say, we go back way back, man, from like Sunday League and that, you know what I mean? The family as well. So when you when you hit me up and I know you've always been a freaking comedian, man. So and you know, see you doing your thing as well. So I've always wanted to be involved and shed, shed some light on it as well, man. But no, nah, you keep doing what you're doing, man. Like I say, it's, it's been a long road, but you've, you've got there and you're, you're doing your thing now, man, which is, which is good to see as well, man. I, keep, I always keep an eye on you as well. Like I say, I see you on like, Arsenal TV as well, like, like, missus, look at this guy, man. Look at this guy with his hair. Look at this guy, he's all over the place. We've always been gunners, man. So, but no, I'm happy for you, Bob, man. And like I say, just keep keep flying that flag, man. Thank you, thank you. Same to you. And when this is done, we'll have a catch up as well. But thank you for your time, brother. Mad respect. Yeah, man. No, respect for that, G, man. Peace to you, right. man. Yeah, man. Bless up, man. Bless respect. up. Yes. So there we are, everyone. That was Clayton Donaldson, the Don. The Don, of course, Bradford City captain and professional footballer. Good to catch up with him. Sorry about the technical issues that were at the start of it. 
but we did get a lot out of the chat. It was amazing. Just flowed all the way that he wanted it to do. That's what yeah, that's what he wanted to do, man. It was class. I'm buzzing. Big ups. And any City fans, good luck to you, man. Good luck to you this season when it does uh, pick back up. You know, obviously for the City of Bradford, you want, well, you want all Yorkshire clubs to be thriving, really, but especially Bradford. So, yeah, respect for everyone who tuned in. All your questions and all that. I'll be back in literally four minutes with my next guest, who is David Kiss, a DJ and booker from New York, one of the most successful and popular clubs in New York, House of Yes. So if you're interested in that, definitely stick about. And likewise, if you want to listen to this or any of the other Loose Lips chats, I upload them onto YouTube and I send the links out to the people who've been interviewed. So just keep a look on their socials and not only that, on mine as well. Other than that, stay cool, stay safe, stay indoors. And I'll see you on the other side. Peace.